Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 163 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we're back. Overwatch 2 is back. Um, Owl, of course, has already been back. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited to talk about uh, Overwatch 2 Beta 2, which launched yesterday. I've been, I played a bunch yesterday. Um, and I am excited to play more today after I finish working and doing this. Um, but first, let's just let's let's hop let's hop into Owl Joe um, midseason madness week week number two. Um, I think the big let's just jump into APAC because that's the biggest thing. Uh, the NA games there were some there were some fun ones sprinkled in there, but uh, still par for the course over in NA, and we saw them last week. So let's just jump into APAC because we got some bangers in APAC this weekend. Um, oh, and yeah. The, yeah, the meta's up in the air. We have no clue who's good, who's bad. And the first game was amazing to see. Not amazing for you, Joe, probably, to see your <laughs> Philadelphia Fusion get reverse swept by the L.A. Valiant. Um, who, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not so one, amazing. Had one win coming into the weekend, and now the L.A. Valiant, they went 2-0 and this weekend, being the Charge and the Fusion. Charge, I think I was expecting that win more. Um, how do you think they were able to pull this one off against your Philly Fusion, Joe? Yeah, this was um, <laughs> it's one of those situations again. Uh, I mean, this is the first week we've seen um, you, know, you know the Philly Fusion, but um, one of the situations again that not not quite able to keep together the uh, <laughs> their 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 grass one. Well, I don't know. It sounds bad to say their grass one. What's going on? But broadly, conceptually, the the you know the <laughs> the flow of the game and all that, um, and and uh, just just generally being outplayed by an LA Valiant. That again, uh, I mean, you know, early. Um, Early season, uh, I was you know expressing hesitancy about like you know I I, I really didn't want to <laughs> um, give this team much credit just you know from from history and all this kind of stuff, um, and and I mean it was it was a, you know a good series. Five mappers are always going to be that way, but um, it's certainly not the way um, yeah that Philly fan wanted, wanted to come out and not a, a a good sign for the start to their season and obviously neither was. Um, their their second match of this past week oh yeah um it's yeah very the philly fusion of just they continue to perplex me um on how good they are and they lost to two teams that these the, those were key um games because if you take a look at the midseason madness standings the two teams uh gunning for that fourth position that the philly fusion currently hold are the hunters and the valiant and those are the two teams that they lost to this weekend uh, allowing them to come back a little bit in the standings. They still have a two-game lead, um, which is very helpful. You, I mean, they're tied. They're all at three and five, Joe, but it does not matter because the Philly Fusion were able to make the championship in the kickoff clash and earn two extra points, um, which, you know, really hurts Chengdu and the LA Valiant. They play each other next week, so uh, I think one of those teams are just going to separate from the other depending on who wins that matchup most likely so um and the fusion I, their schedule doesn't get easier right because these were these were two of the easier teams they got to face in this round robin here in the midseason madness um, yeah just by virtue of you know the the league and the the regions yeah yeah so they still got spark 
uh, the Dragons, the Dynasty, uh, on their schedule. They got an easy one in the charts that they should win, but they could easily go one and three there. And then uh, either the Valiant or Hunters, who are looking much better um, in this meta, could just take that spot. And that's scary for Fusion fans uh, everywhere, obviously. It's it's definitely scary. But you got to admit, the Valiant and the Hunters, like I said, both looking good in this meta. Let's talk about the Valiant. They obviously made some really big moves lately. Um, and a bigger move than I expected was picking up Marvel, uh, Joe, who I believe you've named your MVP of the week. And I think that's a great choice because Marvel, uh, we saw it a little bit on the uprising. His Doomfist, he came in and just wrecked. Um, and a couple of maps that he played with the Uprising. Still doing that uh, with very little practice with the LA Valiant. Uh, do you think he's the best Doomfist uh, we got in the league right now, Joe? Like, he's he's looking great. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely a significant jump, but he's, he's you know, far and above what we've... a lot of what we've seen out of the LA Valiant. Um, that's absolutely for sure. Obviously, um, this was the, the player that was rumored had... Uh, uh, several, um, <laughs> you know, lots of financial machinations and stuff for this, um, for this franchise to try to get a hold of him. But, uh, and, you know, ended up maybe even to the point of, uh, uh, maybe even to the point of, uh, the, you know, trying to pull him out of retirement or, you know, a, a supposed retirement, um, in order to, to try to, you know, secure him for, uh, this roster, and I think um, uh, you know, if, if this first week is to go by, it may have been worth it. Yeah, that you um, know, coming together to to make this kind of play um, in a way that the the previous thing was just not able to <laughs> to accomplish and do it the same way, uh, and that's you know the kind of competitive piece that um, that Ellie Valley needs. Pretty if you know if they continue to be competitive. Um, and of course, meanwhile, then is unfortunate for uh, uh, for Boston having having lost him too. Yeah, that just stinks. I mean, obviously he wanted to retire. I, there was a story. It was a Reddit post translating basically how No Hill, the LA Valiant's coach, was able to get Marvel or convince Marvel to come out of retirement. Um, and he was pretty good at convincing him, and he immediately is popping off here on the LA Valiant and No Hill clearly saw a ton of confidence and clearly was like this is the missing piece we need and so far it's it's working out a 2-0 week for the LA Valiant the first 2-0 week probably in a very long time for this team um and first two game winning streak in a very long time for this team so uh good on them no things are looking up for no hill I'm really glad that they were able to actually um Pay, have the organization pay for some of these players' salaries eventually. Uh, doesn't excuse it happening in the first place, but at least I guess they listened and changed. Um, but yeah, the other team I mentioned is the Chugdu Hunters, Joe, who uh, did have a rough kickoff clash. They went one and one this week, but they were facing the top team in APAC right now. I think it's clear to a lot of people that Soul Dynasty is the team to beat. Um, and they played a really close match going to five maps with them. Uh, they had leave almost perma on Sojourn this this weekend, uh, and I think he was one of the best in APAC. Um, I will give out my MVP to the person who I think was the best uh, later. But Joe, this Chengdu Hunters team, 
Uh, do you think this is the meta for them? Do you think uh, and Jinmu looked great this week? I think this was Jinmu's best weekend so far. He got MVP in the win against Philly, deservedly so. Um, do you think things are looking up for the Hunters here? Can they compete for that uh, spot in the midseason madness? Oh, absolutely. Things are looking up. Yeah. I mean, this was um, <laughs> this was the, the Chengdu Hunters uh, that I, I highlighted in my <laughs> when we were talking about, you know, uh, match picks and stuff for, for last week. I said, you know, this is if if anything, I think if anything uh, is, I think this is, you know, the kind of um, the kind of meta, the kind of situation that they really want to continue to see themselves, um, you know, playing in and thriving in. Um, yeah, because you can play leave on the soldier. Because you can play um, the the flexibility of the DPS and different um, uh, different kind of orientations and all this kind of stuff. I, yeah, I think that's exactly um, you know their their wheelhouse as far as that goes. Um, uh, and yeah, absolutely showed it taking taking soul to five maps, um, getting the solid win over Philly. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not predicting miracles or anything. You know, at this point, uh, there's still you know some some matches to play, but. Um, um, but but yeah, I think Chengdu definitely have ended themselves in a really good position um, after this first weekend, um, and and you know there's not much um, ahead, uh, you know, meta development wise and that kind of stuff that I could um, uh, foresee that would move too far away from from what we're seeing and what we know uh, of theirs to be very good. So that's um, it, yeah, it, it is exciting uh, and and a good. Good shout out for them, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, that's my match of the week to rewatch. If uh, if you go back and rewatch anything, uh, I recommend Soul versus Chengdu because um, it was it was just a good one and and good opportunities to for both for both teams to really show off. Yeah, I I agree. I think that was a great match. Definitely, I think the one to rewatch in APAC, uh, if not Philly Valiant. Um, but yeah, Chengdu and Valiant, like I mentioned, both in good spots. Um, and I think especially Chengdu has a very two-owable week next week. As long as they can get past the Valiant, that's that that one's going to be a banger match, Valiant and Hunters. Um, and the potential to honestly take over Philly's spot next week because Philly's got a tough schedule. They could go 0-2 um, and just end up being tied with either Chengdu or Valiant or something next week, which would be nuts. Because we, looking at the standings at the beginning of this thing, we were like, there's no, we're just going to get the same four, right? Um, but the way the meta's playing out, it looks like the Hunters are Valiant could easily just sneak into that fourth spot. Um, but speaking how things are playing out, there's another team that, like, is basically guaranteed a spot in the midseason madness, the Shanghai Dragons, who look awful right now, Joe. The defending <laughs> champions look lost. Uh, they didn't take a single map this weekend. Uh, it seemed like they had, they really have not figured out their spot and place in this meta yet. And overall, I gotta say, I'm not impressed with their adaption to just 5v5 and this Overwatch 2 in general. Like, it it just seems like they're lagging behind this year, which we haven't seen in a while from the Shanghai Dragons. Um, they lose to Seoul and Hangzhou, who are the top two in APAC right now. But the fact that they're not competitive at all is got to be worrisome here, Joe. Right? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I saw somebody, uh, you know, online making some comment about, you know, oh, it's it's interesting that some of the the really strong teams from last season uh, that had two really strong and flexible tanks, <laughs> in some ways, are are um, 
uh, so this is some of the teams that are that are struggling here, and so in their in their post pointing out both the Shanghai Dragons and the Dallas Fuel, but uh, whether that's the you know the direct cause, I think yeah, it is it is worth highlighting. Uh, just the you know the the kind of decision making that has to go into uh, managing this new tank line and and you know making making that kind of transition from from two to one. But yeah, just in general, not uh, not the week you wanted uh, for for Shanghai definitely, um, and partic- and particularly to not you know not to pick up a map, not to you know. Um, that's that's not a good look and not uh you know regardless of whether you make this tournament or not you know that's not um the way you want to proceed with your life (laughs) uh the way the way you want to you know step into um uh this tournament cycle yeah it's um you you know you want to make it as easy on yourself as you can uh and this was definitely not the not the step for it yeah definitely not um, I mean, you do get the two like hardest matchups basically out of your way immediately. Uh, but as, as we said, Valiant and Hunter's both going to be competitive um, with the Dragons in the in their upcoming matches against them. So, yeah, we'll see how the Dragons are able to compete against those teams uh, this time around. Um, I did mention Seoul in there a little bit. They're still looking like the best, but Hangzhou Spark. Um, in this meta particularly, looking like they could give Seoul a run for their money. They play next week. That should be a banger. Um, I just want to mention the Spark because I do think they have the best Sojourn in APAC in Shy. I think Shy was absolutely fantastic on Sojourn and really helped the Hangzhou Spark have a nice, easy 2-0 weekend, 6-0 map-wise. Um, really liked Shy's performance on that Sojourn. Um, and, and it showed in the results, clearly. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them against Seoul, uh, see exactly where this team lands in this meta because obviously they looked really good last season. Too. I mean, they're seven and one. <laughs> they are seven and one, Joe, um, which is crazy to to say because you still look at this team, and I think a lot of people tier list wise would put this team a little lower. They, I think it's very similar. They're like the shock of the midseason madness. Everyone's like shock clearly the best team in na in the regular season but can we trust them when it comes to tournaments because the shock were, was the like the fourth best team at that kickoff clash tournament same with the spark um they both have been doing really good in regular season matches but when it comes to the tournaments that's where they have to prove uh that they can be the best clearly um but yeah, super. Anything else to mention about APAC from you, Joe? Before we just go into NA here. Yeah, I think other than you know, just to highlight how exciting these shakeups are. I mean, that's um, <laughs> you know, that's what we want to see out of this um, new new month and all that kind of stuff. And we've seen it, you know, to to extent in North America too. But um, uh, but yeah, just the the excitement there is is excellent. Yep, definitely. Um, all right, let's let's jump into NA. As we, as I mentioned last week, uh, when we, I, I, we kind of really skipped around last week with NA. We had a lot of other stuff to talk about, and honestly, the NA qualifiers, um, there isn't too much standing out recently. Like everything's sort of um, coming to a standstill. There are a lot more games this year, uh, so we just happen to get a lot more crappy games as well, unfortunately, um, or just obvious games where things happen um, that we expect. Uh, but it, yeah, if we d- dive into the week, a lot of expected results happening once again. Uh, London, they had one game and they uh, they absolutely uh, took care of the New York Excelsior like we expected. 
Um, and then we got the uh, Dallas Fuel coming back to um, coming back to life, kind of after an awful first week of this midseason madness, um, where they got three would twice by two really good teams. They three would twice uh, against Florida, who is a good team, and then Vancouver, who is not. Uh, they are not a good team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fair. Yeah. But clearly Dallas, like people were saying, Dallas, while they're losing to good teams, they're still obviously going to be better than most teams in this in the NA uh, standings. Um, as far as, honestly, Toronto-Washington was an interesting one to me, Joe, because I, I did expect – Toronto had a rough first week there where they went 0-2. They lost to London and Florida, two teams that they're competing with in the middle there. Um, and – I don't trust the justice much, but this kind of just, this is like the, this is pushing the pushing point here. Kind of, you know, um, they, they lost to Toronto. This is not good for justice, not good for justice fans in general. Um, yeah, where, I mean, this is, this is a big moment in the season for the justice Joe. Where are you with this team? Is there any hope, especially because there is a big moment coming because vigilante, is turning 18 in a couple days here. So do you, true. Th- do you think that that could save this team that is just in an awful patch? Or do you agree with a lot of people saying like, just fire Supreme already. He has been head coach for three years now and the justice have sucked every year. I don't know why he's still there. Um, but do you think Vigilante could save them? I mean, the support line's not great, right? It may very well make a difference. That's <laughs> that's definitely for sure. Uh, as far as Washington goes, I mean, yeah, we've we've talked, um, you know, off and on already on, on this show about, yeah, that the the sport line certainly, um, you know, preseason and, and early season has not been um, necessarily the 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 shining star, the strong point of of this roster. Um, uh, yeah, so there's there's definitely some some value there, some potential for change. Excuse me, but I think you described it well in terms of you know that this was a good, uh, or this this could very well, excuse me, could very well have been a um, an an inflection point for Washington. Absolutely, um, just in terms of uh, you know when you talk about matches that um, uh, you know very well should be winnable. Uh, I mean, they they beat New York successfully last week. Uh, they lost a really close one to Houston. Um, uh, but, but you know, if you're you're trying to collect your wins, Toronto needs to be a win. Um, as you go further into the into the month, and you're playing Gladiators, you're playing London. That's looking really excellent. Um, and and Vancouver to wrap that up. But I mean, if this ends up being a a two and what it would be two and five uh, stage, I mean that's not um, you know regardless of where that puts you in the points, that's not. Um, uh, you know that is, that's not where you want to be, and that's uh, a loss to Toronto like that. Um, you, you know, even you know could have made it closer than it was, I suppose, uh, for the for the moral victory, if nothing else. But um, uh, but but yeah, that's definitely not where you want to start this campaign or to um, you know slightly continue um, this month's campaign. Yeah, I, that that right there could be the loss that kicks them out of this midseason madness, Joe. They're out right now of the top eight because of it. Uh, with five points, they're still in the running, obviously, but they do have to overcome the Gladiators next week and London, like you mentioned. 
that London game is going to be absolutely huge because um, London has skyrocketed up to six, but they still only have six points, one more point than the Washington Justice. So the Justice can easily sneak their way into uh, this top eight once again if they get that London win, or even a, gla- a Gladiators win would be huge. Um, and the Gladiators are a team that are probably, you know, sort of um, trying to figure out exactly their place in the meta and have already qualified for Hawaii. So I don't think they mind taking a loss to the Justice just to practice our experiment. Um, so we'll, we'll see what the Justice are able to do. If they're able to sneak in another team that technically is still in the running is the Boston Uprising, Joe, who um, 3-0'd the Paris Eternal looked really good, really good this week against the Paris Eternal. Obviously, it's the Paris Eternal, so <laughs> you can't like you can't be too excited after you 3-0'd the Paris Eternal. But I think they are truly proving that they are not in that tier. They're away from the Excelsior Eternal and Titans at least. Um, and next week they get a chance to, you know, successfully stay in this midseason madness run by facing the Florida Mayhem. If they get a win over the Florida Mayhem, uh, I think they would absolutely still be in this race, especially, you know, especially if some of these other teams in it lose. And then you have Houston and New York, who I, I think you could, I think you could pull off an upset against Houston, and you should easily beat New York if you're Boston. So, Boston are in it too. Um, I think it's probably going to be tougher. I I imagine I don't know the exact way that they need to clinch, uh, but I imagine it would be very tough because you can only get a maximum of six points here. So I'm pretty sure you would have to have Florida just like lose the rest of their games, um, which is in fact doable because they face Boston. So you just beat beat them, right? And then they the Florida Florida plays the Gladiators, which is very losable for Florida. So anything could happen if you're an uprising fan, I guess. Um, but yeah, what did I want to... Okay, let's just talk about these top two teams, I think, that everyone thinks, because the Shock beat Atlanta 3-1. They got revenge from that kickoff class tournament. Uh, and then they beat Florida 3-1. And then we had Gladiators, um, Houston, which is my match to rewatch because it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> Houston, if you didn't watch Houston C9 on uh, push on Toronto where they were clearly, I think everyone thought, oh, this is very winnable for them. They probably would have won this push map because they were winning the fight. And then they see nine, they got off the bot. And then um, it was more of an even match. I think Gladiators might have won Gibraltar anyways, but they also see nine Gibraltar in a 4v4 situation. Um, and then Eichenwald, it was just over, right? You, you boomed at this point. <laughs> you just see nine two maps in a row, it's over. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but I wanted to ask you, Joe, because uh, we got the Gladiators and the Shock sort of atop the standings right now, and I think the big debate is um, who's better, Gladiators or Shock? We didn't even get to see it. The one time we saw this match, the Shock won. We didn't get to see it in the kickoff clash. If they faced today or next week, Joe, who would you pick? Yeah, that's <laughs> a really good question. Um and I think a lot of it depends. I mean, honestly, based on the way, um, based on what we've seen out of these teams so far in you know in their regular season matches, pretty consistently, I think a lot of it depends on um, what's the 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 particular form that day of the DPS line. <laughs> honestly, that um, which is not to say that they're um, 
the, you know, not to say that they're inconsistent really for either team. I mean, um, the, 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 the combinations there are just, um, number one, the, you know, the, the flexible and numerous, uh, and number two, the, you know, one of the, really the, the shining stars for both rosters, but just, um, um, yeah, the, the, that's going to be, uh, certainly where my, my focus lies in that matchup, uh, when we inevitably see it, I assume, uh, <laughs> it, not in this, not in this regular season, but, um, uh, surely hopefully in this, this upcoming tournament cycle, but, um, uh, but yeah, if, if they had to play right now, uh, and I had to pick a side, I, it may even, I think lean, uh, honestly towards the gladiators. Um, and that's, you know, just the um the you know whether whether that's a question of experience or whether that's a question of you know um uh tournament performance i, I guess you know could, could technically dock some points from uh from from shock from their um countdown cup or kickoff clash performance but i mean you know that's you're just splitting hairs at that point but um um, but, but yeah, it, that would be that would definitely be uh, an excellent match, uh, as was, for example, uh, Shock Atlanta this this uh, past week. But um, yeah, that would be quite something. Yeah, that'd be, I, I'm excited to hopefully finally see this match in a tournament setting in the midseason madness because uh, we didn't get to see a kickoff clash. Uh, the shock obviously looked a bit boomed or whatever during it, so Gladiators probably would have won that one. If I had to choose right now, I would choose the shock. Just because I think Houston played L.A. pretty close, honestly. And I think that was a very winnable match for the Outlaws uh, if it wasn't if they didn't just lose the mental warfare, I guess. Which I think the Gladiators, at least in uh, matches, I, I don't know about scrims, but in matches, it seems like the Gladiators are really like good at that mental warfare. You see them always when someone makes a mistake, immediately typing in chat. When someone makes a C9, immediately typing in chat. Um, it seems like very often the Gladiators try to win that mental warfare uh, in-game against the other team and try to really try to boom them. I, like, I, I don't see too many other teams try to do that as much as the Gladiators do. Um, even from the coaches' room, you'll often see Hunter typing in chat, C9, all this <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, um, we'll see. I, I guess we'll hopefully see that match. We'll see it once more this season sometime. I don't know when, but... Uh, hopefully we get to see it in a tournament again. Yeah, hopefully more than once. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, anything else to mention about NA, Joe? I, I don't have much else to mention. Things were sort of uh, par for the course again. Yeah, not tons. I'll, I'll you know highlight just how well London has continued to look. Yeah. Um, you know, the, this is a team again that didn't make the the kickoff clash, but is relatively semi-likely maybe to to you know book a, a mid-season tournament ticket and that's you know not uh um number one not super unlikely i don't think and number two um pretty well deserved um uh, it, i know i think we're picking later their game against washington yeah because again that'll be pretty pretty crucial i think for both teams but um um but yeah um i guess just the one the one solid win for them this past week uh, against New York, but again, those are those are the kinds you need. Absolutely, yeah. God, there's so many kind of crucial games next week for this midseason madness tournament. So I'm excited uh, to see all those. Um, all right, yeah, that's that's all we got. If you want an update on our pick'em score, I 
I'm slowly letting Joe come back. Apparently, he's within <laughs> nine points, one eighty-seven to one seventy-eight, and I will get extremely angry at the Overwatch League for being down. The Pick'em site was down on Friday night. Just absolutely screwed me out of so many points because I just couldn't pick uh, APAC at all, which is very frustrating to me. Very, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I I really hope they uh, fix that. Don't do that again, or else I'm just gonna have to pick at the beginning of the week. I guess. Very annoying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know what the issue was for sure. They, um, yeah, they had it down like right up until the matches had started, and then it was you know too late. Very yeah, very frustrating. Um, and then apparently I just missed Sunday for some reason. I don't even remember. I thought I picked that one. Maybe I just didn't press save again because you have to save both of them or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, I got I got almost a hundred percent on these NA picks. I, I just I made a stupid prediction and predicted Florida to beat Dallas. It didn't happen. Uh, but besides that, I got everything else right. So there you go. That counts. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move it to the to the news. Um, first one is Guangzhou Charge dropping Eileen. Uh, we didn't really mention Guangzhou much because they suck this year. <laughs> Um, but they have dropped Eileen, um, and you wrote drama ensues. I don't even know anything about the drama, Joe. Take me through this Eileen drama. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot of, um, you know, unsubstantiated Reddit kind of, uh, OWTMZ kind of stuff, but (laughs) that, you know, there, uh, we, we may not get, um, all of the the story behind but but evidently that there may have been some um uh some uh, parts of like interactions with management and stuff um that came behind um this particular roster change uh (laughs) and and then has has come out and that's that's as much detail as i'll get into partly because it's not fresh in my mind and partly because again it's you know one of those things we're probably never going to hear about um substantially but um it definitely there was a ruckus uh, when when this was announced um, uh, as a roster change for Guangzhou. Dang. Well, I expect a ruckus because Eileen's a good player. So that's true. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, Guangzhou charge dropping Eileen. Uh, next one is Boston. They picked up Seeker um, alongside another big move, um, releasing Huck, which. Um, it's still crazy to me. I want to talk about that for a little bit, but let's talk about Seeker first, uh, who is uh, NA Contenders player, Canadian. Um, and we should mention uh, he's also underage for another month-ish. August 7th is when he turns 18, so uh, he will not be available as a hitscan DPS player for the Uprising. Until then, um, overall, I you know I've heard good things about him. I think he's a good player. It is interesting. I guess you pair him. You, you now got two hit scan specialists because Vic, Victoria obviously also is one. But it definitely is nice to have someone so Victoria doesn't have to be in all the time. Victoria is just not as flexible as a pl- of a player. Once they lost Striker, you, you had to put Victoria in. And Victoria is like really who you just want in for Widow, basically. He, he reminds me a lot of like... Anz's role on the Gladiators. Anz basically just comes in for Widowmaker on Circuit or Gibraltar or wherever Widowmaker's good. That's what Victoria should be, 
while Seeker should be more the flex hit scan player. So I think this will be helpful once August hits and once Seeker can play for sure. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I think that makes good sense. Um, I, I don't know uh, tons about him as a player, but I'm you know always very consistently uh, excited about these these contender signings and or well. I don't know. If, I assume I can say that. Uh, <laughs> Contender signings uh, and and bringing in North American talent. Um, uh, I don't uh, remember for sure if there was any kind of collegiate history with him or not. Um, um, I suppose it's possible. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't think so. <laughs> I may not have done my my complete research on this guy, but <laughs> hey, he only he only got announced today, so you know it's fine. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, good that they have these kind of options and uh, excited to see, you know, like you said, where exactly in this lineup he uh, may end up fitting. Yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe a sojourn specialist or something. Um, obviously, we got to see Victoria on that sojourn. Uh, but maybe you just want maybe you just want Victoria to be that widow specialist, like I mentioned. So, yeah, well, we'll see where he fits. Um, but let's talk about Huck, because this is kind of a huge move for the uprising because um i tweeted about it i I think it's it's just hard it's still hard for me to imagine the uprising without huck like he's just been he has been the uprising kind of since the beginning Uh, and he has been there and has had obviously a big impact on overwatch league and how gms work in overwatch league in general and i will say as someone who worked with huck got to work with chris um I, I just don't know if this was the move and it's, it's puzzling to me because I, especially mid season, I understand maybe his results, maybe his pickups aren't giving you the results you want, but you have a bunch of players here who Chris put his faith into and signed. And a lot of these players are really grateful for Huck, really grateful for Chris. And obviously I didn't get to work with Crimzo, MCD, Victoria, any of these new players, but I do know for a fact, punk faith, Valentine, all enjoyed being around Chris a ton. Chris was there every game day, joking with the players, uh, friends with all the players. And I think making a move like this in the middle of the season is kind of just showing like they didn't, they don't like the roster he built at all while still keeping the roster he built. That's the confusing <laughs> move to me is like, we don't like you. We don't like what Huck did by building this team, but we're going to keep the team. Just get rid of him. Like that just doesn't make much sense to me uh, because you have these players sitting here like uh, he was the one who chose us and you just showed us you don't you didn't like us. Um, I, I think that's a big obviously they're going to keep trying, but I think that's a little bit of a boom moment. If you ask me, if I'm one of the players and uh, Chris gets let go in the middle of the season, you're just like, oh, wow, what what is this organization doing? Kind of you're kind of just a little worried if you're a player and in the tweet they even mentioned they wanted to moving forward sort of shake up the roster a little bit too so that's a bit scary if you're a player and then in a discord message later apparently uh they they clarified that they weren't going to make any um changes to the roster besides this addition of seeker obviously so what do you think of these moves are overall joe do you think it'll end up helping boston uh going forward do you do you agree with me on it being a weird time yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, from a non-former Boston employee uh, perspective, I mean, uh, I, I certainly know, I, and I can tell how um, how active he was within the team. Um, is is it's 
uh, it's my understanding, I guess, I don't know if I'm 100% right on this, that he also was like over the the Call of Duty team and stuff too, or no? I don't, I have no clue about the Call of Duty team, obviously, because I wasn't there for, yeah. once they got it, but I, yeah, I don't know if he was o- over them as well. I, I don't know how much knowledge he has of Call of Duty, honestly. He might have been like just the person overall looking over everything, uh, but someone else was picking players for Call of Duty. I have no clue. Yeah, which I mean, it's fine. I just bring that up in terms of like um, the you know that that this may, uh, if that's the case, you know, it may have you know implications even broader beyond Overwatch. But um, uh, but but yes, even even from an outside perspective, I know I know I can can see how active he was with the team and how um, you know how much he's got um, you know quote unquote he's got like his his hands in everything, uh, which which can can definitely be good, and that's. Um, it makes it all the all the more unfortunate to make that transition um yeah i don't um the, you know the, they weren't obviously very detailed with the logic and anything but um uh, definitely interesting move and, and we'll see you know if there's any kind of more substantive um either changes or or differences or results um that that come as a result of this yeah we definitely will see if i mean things are looking up for the uprising so this is just like a very confusing time for me to do this for sure um they are left in good hands for now with mineral i will say um but it's also confusing because um huck was clearly sort of guiding mineral a ton and teaching him the ropes so Mineral's almost like a mini huck at this point as far as his gm style <laughs> goes i would imagine so um very interesting that they're like, we want we want the, uh, your understudy kind of to take over here, Huck. Um, obviously, it's just interim, so they could definitely be just looking for a new person. Um, but you still got you still got the same people just besides Chris running the show at this point. Uh, yeah, very uh, very interesting move. We'll see how it affects the uprising with some key games upcoming here. You need a new president of gaming. Yeah, you need a new president. Um, maybe they hold an election or something. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I know of an inventor of esports. Oh, yeah? So. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should hire him. Yeah. Um, um, all right, let's move on to Medic Brig. Uh, new legendary skin uh, that they're doing something uh, a first here for Overwatch, uh, sort of a support a streamer uh, skin that you get. Basically, if you go to one of the Twitch channels listed on the website or on the t- the link from the tweet, uh, there's a lot of eligible channels on there you can go to, um, and you gift three subs. There's a lot of more, there are a lot of other rules to it. You gift three subs. I think they can't be anonymous subs either. You can't, or it can't be anonymous. Um, are the rules sort of? So you give three subs on a channel starting today. So now through um, July nineteenth, um, you get this skin. So basically fifteen dollars to get this uh, brig skin. Uh, I guess you also get to support a streamer. That's those are the two things you get. <laughs> is supporting a streamer and um, yeah, getting the getting the Briz, Briggs skin. Um, so yeah, there there's a nice list of people there. A lot of obviously familiar names you'll see there. If I if I'm gonna do it, which I might, 
I will go through this and like figure out who has the least followers, I guess, and the least sort of subs. Um, because I, you know, I like supporting, I like supporting, uh, young, our young creators, I guess, or not as popular creators rather than gifting three subs to the, um, billionaire XQC. Uh, I don't think he needs $15. Uh, which is fair yeah <laughs> and i know that was that i know that was one of the big concerns um that you know generally the public had with this promotion is you know the 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 uh limited um you know stream list and and you know what kind of uh how that was put together and, and what kind of eligibility you know there may or may not have been um but I, I think you know even just as an initial like trial run of this kind of structure of a, an event i think uh, the the idea is really good, and the 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 format is good. Um, you know, regardless of any um, limitations on implementation this first time around, I think it's um, it, it's good and it's exciting to see that uh, this is something that they're you know considering and and working through the logistics of and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I gotta wonder if like some of these people are even gonna be playing Overwatch because there's some people on here that I'm just like. Have they ever like Disguise Toast? Has Disguise Toast ever played Overwatch? Um, well, and that's the other thing. They, <laughs> they apparently they have to be playing Overwatch when you uh, donate your subs. Oh yeah, that's the other rule. Count. Yeah, that's the other rule. I forgot. Yeah, they have to be playing Overwatch. Their game has to be Overwatch, or else it's not going to count. Thank you for bringing that up, Joe. Big rule. Um, but T Pain's on this list. This list just says a bunch of names. Um, that I recognize from uh, just Twitch in general, a lot of people who I don't know if they've ever played Overwatch, like I said. So very, very, uh, very interesting to see. Um, I will mention uh, Funny Astros on this list, Gladiators player. So if you want to go watch him, you can. FD God's also on this list. Obviously, Ons is on the list. Too. Ons is, oh, yeah. Ons is also on the list. So lots of, lots, lots of uh, familiar names from the league as well. Uh, as well as talent, reinforce, Danny, Uber, all these people. So, um, yeah, go uh, go check out the list if you want to get this Briggs skin. Uh, gonna have to give some subs. I imagine your your obviously your Battle.net account probably has to be linked to your Twitch as well. Uh, that would be my assumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it's a cool skin, and if you're a Brig player, you probably probably want it. Yeah. Oh, and it's apparently it's uh, StarCraft reference too. So oh yeah, yeah. If that if that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, which I think is the second StarCraft skin in Overwatch. Uh, I can't remember what the first one is, but I the Arisa, is there a Reinhardt? Arissa has a. Um, I don't even know the names of the things. Oh. I, I think one of her. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's three now. Anniversary skins or something. Because Reinhardt definitely has one. Um, the uh, he has a Rainer skin. Um, who's yeah, who's yeah, like that. yeah, who's like one of the main StarCraft people, uh, and yeah, Arisa, yeah, Arissa has one too. So lots of StarCraft and Overwatch at this point. Um, all right, let's move on to Overwatch Two Beta Number Two, Joe, um, which started yesterday. Uh, not too many invites, I think, went out. Uh, I I got access to it because I am a part of a team. Um, or you could have bought the Watchpoint uh, pack and gotten access already. Um, do you have access, Joe? Uh, yeah, I did end up um, uh, getting that Watchpoint pack for all the people who were just begging to know. 
because um, I mentioned that I might or might not um, on the last show, but yeah, I, I did. I did end up buying the pack, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm in as well. Um, uh, which is nice, you know, just for looking around and, and getting engaged with this this new content. But yeah, um, but, but yeah, not not many non-purchasers. It sounds like at this point, quite yet. Yeah, no, it seemed like some. I, I was checking Reddit. It seemed like they started rolling it out a little bit. Uh, and I, obviously, they said by July 14th, everyone who signed up will be getting access. Uh, so just takes patience or it takes 40 hours. Those are your options. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's I, let's just run through some of these uh, patch notes here. There's a lot of stuff, so we don't have to run through like everything. We can just go through like the big highlights here. Joe, um, obviously, they added yeah. they added Junker Queen. Um which I, I have gotten to play once in a game, but most of my time with Junker Queen has been in the in the training and uh, the practice range. Um, but she's super fun. I like her a lot. Oh yeah, sort of a hybrid. Uh, 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 feels kind of like Roadhog with some of her abilities. I mean, she's got the she's got the shotgun. She's got the the mini hook. Uh, not quite as strong of a pull. Um, um, but you know elements of of brig with the uh, you, you know over health and speed with that uh, one ability I forget what it's called um, and she's got the the charging ultimate kind of situation uh, she can she can anti people like Anna uh, although at uh, melee range not at ranged range <laughs> um, yeah lots lots of interesting elements there um, with Junker Queen but yeah just taking a step back with for the patch in general they they did put out an article also um before before the beta launched but um after our most recent show uh talking about again some design philosophies and that kind of thing um uh talking about adding two minutes to the push time bank which we've seen already in the overwatch league uh, but is now also in the um in this beta um talking about um the addition of um, a semi-quasi-competitive rule set um, in that you can play both sides of a map now in the still just quick play matches in the beta. Um, the other significant change is uh, a change to the uh, DPS um, roll passive uh, that they used to have 10% move speed. Uh, now that buff has been removed in place of um, uh, you can you can regain or you can preserve up to thirty percent of your ult charge uh, when you swap DPS heroes, uh, and I meant to test actually. Now that I think about it, uh, if that was actually like thirty percent raw, or if that was thirty percent of your current ultimate in the form of the ultimate points that you get. Yeah, it's the because uh, like for example, if you charge thirty percent of a pulse bomb and then swapped to like I don't know. Junkrat or something, uh, would you have 30% of a tire or would you have like 10% of a tire because Pulse Bomb is super cheap? Uh, I meant to test that and I didn't, so I don't know the answer to that. I do. Uh, I, I think they mentioned Oh, you do? She, yeah, it's the latter. It is. It, it transfers, like, because since it's harder to get alts on certain heroes, it, they, like, did the exact math and it transfers, like, exactly. So it won't be just, like, um, if you had 60%, you'll go to 30% on whoever you change to. It's going to be like hero specific, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> I, 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 when they, when they announced it, I'm like, I assume that's the way they'll do it. Cause otherwise it seems really unbalanced, but, um, 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's a, it's a yeah. very interesting change. I think I like it a lot more than the speed buff. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who are like, just have that be a thing for everyone. Uh, and you could give DPS a different passive. Uh, because I think that's been a thing people have wanted for a very long time. Because obviously that's a big... Uh, the the alt charge was a big thing to deter people from switching. Which is not what they wanted. The, the, the aim of the game was to always have people able to switch whenever they wanted to. Um, so it's definitely... I, I think a lot of people think this is a good move. I agree. Um, whether or not they should do it to everyone, I, I don't know. But for now, I, I, I like it a lot, and I think it it's not as like annoying as a as a speed buff movement. It's a lot more like should allow players to like play more, and we get more cool switches, I guess, um, rather than players forcing themselves to play out on certain heroes. Yeah, which is yeah, exactly. It's you know the in some ways it's like right in line with the philosophy of the game that you know the more switches the better almost so yeah that's I'm interested to see how that plays out uh, presumably in this uh, I forget what they're calling it are they still calling it the summer showdown the next tournament uh, the next tournament is the yeah I think it's the summer showdown yeah um, um, yeah summer showdown yeah so, so that'll be interesting to see yeah uh, as far as other you know substantive changes for uh, for the beta, they redid the scoreboard, um, so there's, there's a new version of that now with new kinds of changes. Uh, they redid uh, a handful of the ping uh, system items. Uh, you can look through into the, the patch notes for more details about that. Um, uh, and then, obviously, lots and lots of uh, balancing. Well, I should also say, uh, Busan is in there with new is in the map pool now with new lighting. Uh, Gibraltar has new lighting. Um, we got the new uh, Rio map as well. Uh, yeah, which is a, a hybrid map that people are playing on now. Um, which apparently, by geez, the way, these maps it, just like aren't actually in rotation yet uh, because of a bug. <laughs> so oh, if you haven't got well, these fun. maps yet, it's apparently because of a bug. Um, because they added a bunch of they added Nepal back, um, they added Busan. Um, what else did they add here? Junker Town's back, Hollywood's back, uh, and if you haven't gotten those yet, it's because there's a bug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so hopefully that's fixed because I I really would like to play those maps. We haven't gotten to an Overwatch two yet, as well as the new map, obviously. Yeah, have you have you gotten the chance just to like walk through it or anything? Yeah, so I recorded, we filmed some uh, content with the players yesterday of them doing that. Oh yeah, the Gladiators players, which should be on our TikTok sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we so that that was the time I got to see them walk through it. I haven't personally walked through it, but I watched them walk through it. Yeah, I'm super impressed. I think it's going to be a really fun map to 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 play and to watch. Um, you know, the pros play in the league. Um, just with the, uh, the the death, particularly of of uh, that third point, I think has, is going to have a lot of uh, interesting stuff. But even just the pass through from um, from the the first point to the second that has kind of like a double door uh, on the point where like you cap it and then the payload goes out like the opposite way. Um, uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I like the the like back alley kind of thing that they have on um, the the second point. 
uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe if you're not looking at it, but it, it looks like it looks like it's going to be a really well designed map, and a really fun map to to watch and to uh, to compete with. Yeah. Um, you know, just as as time goes on. I agree. I think it looks super cool. Um, it looks like um, snipers probably will be good on it. Lucio will hopefully be good on it because it's his home. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it looks it looks fun. It looks like there's a lot of like different flanking areas, and it's just a beautiful map in general. Um, there's and there's a beach. Yeah, there is. That's what I was going to mention. That was my favorite part <laughs> to see was when the players went over to the beach because it's just a beautiful view. Uh, they got that like Brazil um, Jesus statue in there as well, which I, I don't think it's Jesus in the game actually, um, but it, it's supposed to mimic it. Um, yeah, and it's just a beautiful map overall. I'm excited to get to play it. Hopefully soon, if they fix this, they should just fi- they shouldn't wait for the next patch. They should just fix it now because that's such a big bug, where everyone's just like, yeah, let me play all these maps that I haven't been able to yet, because uh, there's a ton of new ones, obviously. As well as like they brought back because Malavento has been was the only deathmatch map you could play in the last beta, and Kanizaka's back, um, but you haven't been able to get that either, so. Um, I, I will definitely welcome playing a different deathmatch map while I queue for 10 minutes for tank. There you go. Uh, as far as the individual hero balance changes go, obviously we won't go through all of them because it, it definitely was a lot of changes. Uh, I know there's like YouTube videos and stuff you can look up that'll <laughs> go through all the all the stuff in detail. Um, uh, significantly though, uh, Arissa got uh, lots of changes. Um, to basically every ability got touched um, in one way or another. Um, uh, notably, her her primary fire uh, damage was buffed a little bit, but the size was tuned down, uh, and the fall off was um, made a little bit worse. Um, uh, as far as that goes, um, Junkrat. One of the complaints about him was his. Uh, Steel trap actually, you know, lets you move around and then move out of out of the trap, but that's no longer the case. Uh, it fully locks the movement again, uh, as well as uh, Cassidy's combat roll. You get fifty percent damage reduction while you're rolling. Um, so, for example, you can uh, time it well with um, a pulse bomb. For example, if Cassidy gets pulse bombed, you can actually roll uh, not out of it, but uh, roll and survive its explosion, which is significant. Um, and then Symmetra got, again, basically all of her uh, abilities touched pretty significantly, um, we, we, which sort of generally will potentially make her a little bit more um, like minute-to-minute combat focused, I guess, so that her, her teleporter build time was reduced. Um, uh, cooldown increased a little bit, but, um, um, but, but reworked. See, it's really, really a rework is the... Um, the uh, gist of that, uh, and then mercy uh, may may be one of the most controversial changes that they made in this patch for some reason. Um, you know, when they uh, at the very end of that first beta, they were talking about guardian angel and reworking uh, to try to 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 codify and to to um, make it a lot easier to handle this uh, super jump ability that people were able to pull off. Uh, and so it appears that they've added it here. Uh, you know, where at the end of a Guardian Angel, if you continue to hold the button, um, it will just automatically launch you upwards. Uh, and you can control both your ascent and descent speed with uh, by holding spacebar. Um, um, 
anyway, but uh, I'm I'm interested to see you know what ends up happening with this because the concern with people is that it's too hard to control now and it's too hard to avoid uh, being launched in the air, um, which is you know generally not good for a hero that's so incredibly um, you know intensely based on movement uh, that you probably want to be as much in control of your own existence and and where um, where you are as possible. Um, and so, so there, there may be some iteration on that. Would be my guess over, you know, the next couple of weeks. But, um, um, but again, you know, making good on their promise of, you know, trying to. Uh, I, I forget if they phrase it precisely as an accessibility issue, but um, in some ways, the TLDR of what they were talking about was that it was almost an accessibility issue. You know, that they wanted, um, you know, people to be able to to use the full kits and movement abilities of of the heroes without having to learn some kind of secret you know back of the back of the box movement tech that wasn't like explicitly built into the game yeah basically i i think those are two big the mercy and symmetra things big complaints out of everyone so far um i i know there are so many passionate like actual people who play symmetra as someone who like just forget symmetry even exists honestly like i don't <laughs> really care that much that she sucks because she already sucked before um <laughs> but yeah i i'm i'm just glad they're reiterating on it clearly they're going to listen to people's feedback because this is a beta and i'm glad people are giving that feedback um so yeah they should be making changes to symmetry and i imagine mercy as well because everyone just thinks it's ridiculous and awful to play um, so those are probably the two biggest misses. I would say the Junkrat is also a, a another big miss because I really think Junkrat is is nutty now. He's really good. Um, I, yeah, I played Junkrat a bunch yesterday, and I was just destroying people. Like, it's just way easier to play Junkrat without shields. I know before he was a shield buster, but now he kind of just tosses grenades and kills people with random spam way easier. Um, so yeah, I think Junkrat might be a need of an earth the other the other thing is Arissa got huge buffs which i think is necessarily i don't know it's not necessary as someone who is like a gold level player and clearly whenever i played Arissa, i would dominate and i think she's pretty busted at lower levels but it's kind of necessary because she just is trash in overwatch league so yeah i don't know that one's a tough one to balance uh for sure um but yeah, besides that, I'm enjoying the beta so far. Junker Queen is fun. Joe mentioned she's kind of like Roadhog. I really like her her blade a little bit more than Roadhog Hook because it just feels like it requires more skill. I did like a little cheeky thing on King's Row where I stuck someone with my blade on third point and then I sort of positioned myself so that they would fall into the um, fall into the pits of hell. I guess is what it is. Um, and it was super fun to like figure out how to do that, I guess, to stick them with the knife, move a certain way, and then pull them in to the hole. I imagine you could do that on Ilios well as well. Um, I think it's just way more way more satisfying and like has some more skill expression than the Roadhog Cook does, even though it's not as like you don't pull them directly and it's just a little like little boop almost. Um, but yeah, overall I don't know how some of her abilities seem pretty busted, but other at other times I felt so useless. It almost felt like playing Brig at some points where, I, I don't know, good players know when to go in as Brig, and I'm just not as good or smart. Um, 
because half the time I'm playing Brig, I'm just standing there like I'm scared to go in because I feel like I'm just going to die immediately, but I need to go in because that's what Brig does. That's what I felt like with Junker Queen. I was like, I'm useless from range. I need to get in, but then I would immediately die. Like, it just seems like you need team coordination for Junker Queen for sure. But I. Yeah, I mean, with her, with her, you know, ability that's just explicitly, you know, big team boost, I think, yeah, there's going to be definitely a lot of. Um, definitely a lot of coordination required yeah for sure um but yeah the the other big thing is all the new hero looks are in there i have i'm rocking almost like every single one because i think they're all pretty sweet um not much of them i don't like um i think people were complaining i i agree with this complaint that a lot of the other like overwatch league skins and epic skins stuff like that should be updated to the new look i wonder if they're planning on doing that or not um because the only that classic two is the only one place you get those new looks but if you go back to like any of the epic skins or the recoloring skins which are basically just um the overwatch one skins with different colors um it's just the overwatch one skins whereas people i i imagine everyone is like yeah like give me this with the updated overwatch two look give me overwatch league skins with the updated overwatch two look so hopefully they do that eventually um but yeah, I can't think. Of, I, I they also um, quick play is now like a semi competitive play where you get to play offense and defense. Fantastic change, uh, my god! Fantastic change. <laughs> uh, besides that, nothing. I you mentioned the scoreboard briefly, Joe. I think it's way better. They improved it a ton. I, I like it. There's a lot of a lot of the stats still aren't working, and I still am not exactly sure if the assists just aren't working or what an assist is. Um, yeah, I think they. I was reading a little bit about that. I think it, number one, yeah, it may still be you know in in progress, but I think the intent is that they'll combine, um, uh, like offensive assists and defensive assists, like they used to credit kind of in the uh, fire system almost. Um, it's, it's like if you get um, partial credit or like kill feed credit for a kill, uh, would be like an offensive assist versus. I don't know, like good healing and damage mitigation and stuff. I, I, I don't know. Some of that's just speculation, but I, I do um, remember uh, reading a little bit of explanation on that from somebody who would know what they were talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I'm reading on the patch. Yeah, it's assist is a d- defensive or off. I wonder if it's just not working because whenever I'm playing damage, I guess because they're old elimination, I guess the old elimination system probably still in there. Um, where it's not a final blow, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works because final blows are kind of gone too. Are eliminations just final blows now? I have no clue. Um, I don't know. But because I assumed eliminations would just be final blows, whoever gets the final hit on someone, and then assist would be if you help do damage to that uh, person or if you helped heal whoever was doing damage to that person because assists just don't show up for most i think only assists just don't show up for dps basically um so i'm wondering if that's a bug or if that's how it's intended i still just don't know i should look that up yeah i bet they're still working on that kind of stuff too yeah for sure be my guess for sure um anything else standing out to you joe um, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we're just right here on the very edge of this first beta launching, so I'm sure there's going to be tons of stuff discovered, uh, you know, tons of 
Joker Queen interactions and all this kind of stuff um, that that we just haven't seen yet. So that's um, <laughs> definitely exciting, um, and and I'm you know eager to see what else is going to come out of these next couple weeks. Yeah, the voice lines are so good. By the way, they added just a bunch of oh yeah, they added a bunch of like quality of life voice lines where um, you'll have someone on your team if you get picked they'll like legit say like oh we're down a we're down a person like they'll have the characters actually say that just say like we're down a person um which is a fantastic addition if you don't because i know a lot of people turned off the um little sounds that it makes if one of your teammates dies or um one of the opponents died i didn't but i think that's super helpful to have uh those voice lines there's just a bunch of like quality of life voice lines in there um that tell you what's happening i guess in the game without you having to communicate with other players. And then um, Junker Queen's voice lines are fantastic. Like, I remember getting one where I died as Junker Queen and was coming back, and she said, like, where was my team? Like, she, <laughs> I don't know. She was just, like, a, a <laughs> pissed off at her team. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Where was my team? Um, <laughs> but yeah, any any other? I, I'm sure there are probably people making YouTube videos of all the new voice lines because the voice uh, there are apparently so many new ones. Yeah, I was reading a, a Twitter thread, I think, by one of the designers or something. Um, uh, maybe back when the first beta was was launched or announced or something. Um, th- that I believe the number they quoted, they recorded something like ten thousand voice lines, specific, like new Nuts. for That's so many for Overwatch Two. <laughs> yeah, and, and for all kinds of um, you know, just like flavor and and I assume PVE and and stuff too, but also for um, like specific you know PVP interactions about you know oh what happens when Anna sleeps an ulting far uh, and and that kind of stuff um, you know that you're like hardly ever gonna hear but yeah they, they as I think that's gonna make a really big difference just for for you know replayability and and there's there's only so many times you can hear um, Diva talking about raising her APM before you know you you're, you. <laughs> Yeah, you want you want another voice line, so I think that's there's there's gonna be value in that for sure. Absolutely, will be, and it's just like like that moment I mentioned with Junker Queen. It's just like super fun to get those moments in game. It's sort of like I don't know, makes you smile, changes your mood when your character says something new, and you're just like, oh, even if you're losing the game, you're like, oh, that was cool. Um, so yeah, I think those there's a lot of value in those. I'm glad they saw value in those because that was one of my favorite parts of Overwatch was those those interactions that you got um all right we'll continue uh to keep everyone updated on this beta here it's gonna be going for i imagine um towards the end of month of july here so we'll get a bunch of iterations i know they said they were eventually gonna put in um moira's we rework and uh stuff like that so we'll see what we'll keep everyone updated with patch notes stuff like that um but yeah exciting stuff uh, let's move into our predictions for week three of the midseason madness here. Let's start off with two APAC games. I mentioned a bunch that this week was just super important. Uh, and it, yeah, it's it's super important for a lot of these standings and who gets into the midseason madness, uh, especially in APAC, uh, because we do get the Chugdu Hunters versus the LA Valiant. Uh, and this is, a, this is a huge game for these two teams. As I mentioned, they're tied in the standings right now, three points each. They both had good weeks last week where they sort of proved that they are going to be 
uh, forces of, of forces to wreck with here in this meta. Um, and now they get to face each other. Chengdu will have a game against Guangzhou before they face each other, which should be an easy win for Chengdu. Um, but this one's, a, this one's a big one, and I have to go first since I'm ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Chengdu Hunters to win this one. I, I really like the Chengdu Hunters in this meta. I think they had um, a little bit of a more convincing victory against Philadelphia, whereas uh, LA Valiant had to reverse sweep. Um, and then they took Seoul to five maps, whereas the LA Valiant um, struggled a little bit against Guangzhou, uh, although taking taking the win overall. Um, so I'm, I, I, right now, I, I think Chengdu's probably a little bit better than the LA Valiant, so I'll pick Chengdu. Who you got, Joe? Um, yeah, short version, I'm, I'm going for Chengdu as well. Uh, I think, um, th- yeah, this was definitely a really exciting week for them, um, and... and uh, sign of brighter things to come. I hope this is a five map. I hope this is nice and close. Uh, they've got it highlighted on the uh, Pickham's website as a, a double points match. And I think for good reason. Um, um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what they're able to do with another week of practice and another week of tape. Um, and um, again, leaning into what we know they're really good at because that's that's always been um, um, in particular their strength. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then right after that game, we get the Shanghai, Shanghai Dragons versus the Philadelphia Fusion, uh, two teams that have been struggling so far, obviously. So we finally get to see um, who struggles less, I guess. Um, <laughs> Fusion, uh, it, the day before, faced Songjo Spark, which is going to be a tough match for them. Shanghai faces Valiant later in the weekend. Uh, so this will be the first match for Shanghai of the weekend. Whew, this is a tough one. Um with Shanghai, with the, both these teams struggling, uh, Shanghai obviously not taking a ma- single map last week, but against the two best teams. So, uh, therefore, I'm going to pick Shanghai. I still think Shanghai will be able to get a grasp here. Uh, Philly Fusion has just been going downhill for me. I I could easily see them going 0-2 this week. I will pick Shanghai. Who you got, Joe? Yeah, I think since we're uh, since we're treating our, our, or at least I have been the last couple episodes treating our predictions here on the podcast more like um you know uh, arguments and and uh, <laughs> trying to just defend one team or another um versus my my pickums online which can just be whatever they want to um i, I think for for this matchup i'll argue for philly here uh <laughs> because yeah this is this matchup is in a lot of ways um the opposites of uh the opposite of the chongdu valiant game in that these are teams that should be arguably doing much better than they are um, <laughs> in this in this month um, uh, it, it, yeah so there's a lot of back and forth I think uh, I think on on the website right now I've got it <laughs> I've got it for Shanghai uh, but I think Philly definitely has the potential um, uh, to take this win a lot of it depends on uh, how they're able to perform against uh, I mean like you threw it out the seven and one spark um, on uh, Friday morning but um, uh, but yeah, the potential is definitely there. I think uh, it's it's a question of which team is able to uh, work through, you know, work through their their wrinkles, work through their struggles, work through they get what they have to work through, um, and and come up with something that they can um, that they can achieve consistently and that they can achieve, um, you know, better than <laughs> better than their opponent, which you know surely is always the case but um philly definitely has has a potential here and like i said um 
uh, we'll know more uh, certainly after after this Friday match. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I'm excited. I think it, I agree. It could go either way here. Um, I just I struggle to put my faith in Philly. It's hard. Um, Which you know, yeah. is fair. Um, all right, let's head to NA. Who else? That the, the NA scene is also looking pretty crazy this weekend as well. Specifically, this last day, some very key games for some of these teams. Uh, specifically, first up, we'll pick between the Washington Justice and London Spitfire, who both have games earlier in the weekend, Paris for London and Gladiators for Justice. But this is absolutely huge for two teams still competing to be in the midseason madness, uh, only one point apart uh, from each other. So uh, if London wins this one, I think because I fully expect them to be Paris, probably. Um, but anything could happen in that European rivalry. Uh, yeah, I, I, London could just be running away with the spot here in the midseason madness. So a huge game for both of them. This this might be the last straw for for the Justice. So, whew, this is going to be a big one. I I'm just going to go with the team I'm more excited about and is clearly better so far in the midseason madness. I don't think Vigilante is going to make a big enough difference to beat uh, the London Spitfire. They're just they're a, Christopher is just a way better coach than Supreme. Let's be honest. So they're going to get out coached. They're going to get just maintained, diffed, diffed in every area. London Spitfire winning this one. Joe, who you got? Yeah, I like your uh, uh, <laughs> your word there, excited. I think, I, I think, yeah, L- London Spitfire is uh, far and away the team that's easiest to get excited about in this matchup. Um, you know, they're um, in some ways. Be- the team that's you know proving wrong these ideas of or these concerns of uh uh you know sameness in the tournaments and you know whether or not they actually end up proving anything wrong is um uh is one thing or you know whether the point still stands of the the issues with um these qualification rules but um yes london being you know the team out of the whole league that has the potential really to uh to make these steps is not nothing first of all um and number two yeah i think they're uh, d- definitely playing um, recently much better than than Washington have been. Uh, they've, they've got uh, a lot more consistency, and they clearly know uh, very solidly what they're doing uh, and how they're doing it. Uh, again, this will be a super crucial match for uh, for both teams, but uh, I, I anticipate um, that this may this may be the start or the continuing, depending on how you look at it, of um, uh, of London continuing to to. Uh, really show up this month yeah i agree this is going to be a big one uh, especially considering london faces dallas in their last match of the midseason madness so if they can go into that match five and oh um i think they will be very happy uh, and that one could be a big london upset who knows could be a fun one um but let's finish it off with our final pick prediction on the show this week Boston Uprising, Florida Mayhem. Also mentioned this was a huge one. It's basically a must-win for Boston, who is sitting at three points in 10th um, and wants to catch up to Florida, who's in that eighth spot right now. So this is this is a must-win, and it's almost a must-win by, by a 3-0 here, honestly, Joe, because their map differential is not in a good spot either if you're the Uprising. Um, I guess I'll pick first. Boston looked really good in a 3-0 yesterday, or last week. But honestly, the Florida Mayhem have uh, have been playing well against some very difficult opponents this uh, this midseason madness so far. I think they finally get to face sort of a, a team in a lower tier than them. 
So I think this is where they come out and dominate. They looked, um, they were playing it close with the shock last week. Um, so I, yeah, I just think this Florida Mayhem team has, has more talent, has some better coaches. I think this might be where Boston stumbles a little bit. I mentioned earlier, I think the release of Huck might be a little bad for the mentals of the players. So I'll go with the Florida Mayhem to beat Boston here. Who you got, Joe? Um, yeah, I think, it, again, um, we, you know, we <laughs> we do think uh, similarly, but I think it's because uh, our predictions are likely correct. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's definitely the, uh, the preponderance of probability or whatever kind of fancy word I want to use. Um, I, I think, I think uh, Florida is probably the favorite here. Um, cause you're right. They have been playing really well. Um, even though this past week didn't really show it, um, <laughs> as well as, uh, they have in the past, uh, only picking up one map in total against, uh, Dallas and against San Francisco. Um, uh, but, but despite that, I, I, I've said, I think at least once on the show, um, that, between um, Hydron and someone and Sir Majed, um, there's there's at least a Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, I think in between the three of them, um, or whether they uh, actually win MVP um, or have a, a realistic chance of winning MVP for the league, certainly MVP for the team. Um, uh, one of one of those three is just being uh, super successful, but. Um, uh, but yeah, I think this will be a chance to to redeem themselves a little bit from last week uh, against Boston. Uh, you know, show that there there's still some uh, so, still some fight in them, still some substance there, um, and it's their only match. Um, so I anticipate that uh, um, they'll be nice and and hopefully well prepared. Yeah, agreed. Um, those should be some bangers uh, and some other bangers as well um, this week. Hangzhou Sparks Soul. There's a bunch of bunch of good matches this week, so. Be on the lookout for those. Um, and yeah, that's we have reached the end of our show here. So thank you guys all for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. Um, and our show's Twitter is at On The Flank Show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we're on Apple, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy a nice little... July 4th Overwatch League action this weekend.